Yo, what is good? It's your boy Roy, and it's another episode of Sync Gems. Today is episode 50. 50. 50. 50 episodes. I've started recording this podcast a bit over a year ago, and the fact that um, I made it so far to 50 episodes more than 10,000 downloads and it's all because of you listening so this is insane like really I want to take a a moment and appreciate this um the fact that I am able to keep doing this and have you show me so much support just means the world to me um This episode was actually recorded in a coffee shop because I woke up and was gonna get on the call with Tom here in the studio, but the unexpected happened and the internet shut off in my house, which never happens, but it did this morning. So I had to um, whip out a a plan b real quick and do this in a coffee shop so that's where i will be for this interview that being said uh, it was such a great interview so much fun to hang out with tom geyer tom is a mentor of mine i visited him in uh, his home in chino chino hills in uh, la and this episode was just, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's every time I speak to this person, it's so, uh, it's so refreshing, so good, feels amazing. The dude is just the epitome of humbleness and, and humility. And we talk about, we, we just chop it up and talk about so many things. Um, we start with why you should not be a dick which seems uh, uh, intuitive, intuitively, it seems obvious, but he brings in so, such good examples of why it was so important to his career to not be a, d- uh, uh, a dick. Um, we also talk about how to navigate within your craft, how to uh, navigate burnout and not have burnouts. Uh, we talk about keeping yourself in check, um, about speaking less and thinking more, which was such a a cool phrase that I've never heard before. Um, And we talk about the importance of little mistakes, which are, it's it's also, it's just let this whole thing uh, uh, go from the top and all the way. And I promise you'll get so much value out of this interview. I promise, promise, promise. If y'all dig this podcast and you want to support it, please go follow the podcast in Spotify or Apple or YouTube, wherever you're listening. And this will make my day. This really leave a review if you can on Apple as well. Spotify, you can leave a five star uh, rating, but yeah follow the podcast this really helps the podcast we are in uh, 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 
a constant growth. It's very, very slow, but it's amazing to see. So please, whatever you guys are doing, whatever support y'all are showing, please keep showing it because again, this would not have been able to be the same without you guys and without your support. So I, I wanna express my appreciation and love and just let you know that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it. And, and, and yeah, and, and this keeps going. So without further ado, my man, my mentor, my guy, Tom Geyer. We're doing it. Uh, it's, it's number 50. It's gonna, this episode is going to come out just like this. Like I'm just gonna put it out like this uh, straight after we record it. Regardless of the dumb shit we're gonna say, I got, <laughs> I got, I got Tom Geyer here, and and man, like I just want to tell you how special this is for me. Um, this, uh, I'm I'm not in my studio. I'm I'm uh, for anyone who's listening. I'm gonna be less in less good quality than Tom, but it's good because I'm probably gonna be speaking less. Um, that being said, this is uh, so special. And Tom is such a special guy. I see him right now from the room that we sat in uh, a, f a few weeks ago. And man, like Tom, you have such a huge space in my heart and in my life. And I'm so honored to have you on episode 50 of Sync Gems. Dude, 50, five zero, half a century for you already. I mean, congratulations to think that like, First of all, that you would come all the way here. Now, for those of you who have not been in Los Angeles before, this this man here braved the wilds of LA, sat in traffic. I mean, like nobody's business. He understands what LA traffic is to come hang for a few meager hours at my house out in the middle of nowhere. And we had such a good time. I mean, the, the conversation went everywhere. So to be here with you on number 50, and look, we got chickens in the background. We got taxi cabs. You're in Bali. I'm in Chino Hills. I got a big drooly dog here and we're just hanging out, man. I'm so, so happy to be with you. Man, I, w I wish I had my dog here too with me uh, because I miss your dog. Your dogs are super <laughs> sweet, man. Um, oh my God, man. What's, where do we, where do we even start chopping this up, man? Like we've, We've talked like your, your episode was probably what uh, I think it was the most heard episode, by the way, um, because it was so fascinating. Your story was <laughs> just like it, it was just something else. Everyone who heard this episode was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like literally. Um, and, you know, and it's and we just scratched the surface. And every time I meet you, we just scratch the surface. And I know that this time we're going to only scratch the surface again and I'm, I'm pretty sad about it but i want to go as deep as possible what's no man what's been happening what's been happening with you in the last year what's been happening with brand x what's been happening with tom what's been happening yeah man um overall good i would say you know uh i've been working a lot frankly a lot of the year i have this and we talked about it when you were here i got this little company that i work for that does these uh independent kind of western movies and we've been doing this six-part mini series and uh i think we've got we've got two episodes left so that's kind of been omnipresent in my life uh so that's been awesome because it's uh 
I've done, you know, a lot of trailer music. And so you've got 90 seconds to say everything you have to say, like, that's it. And then if you get to stretch out on a little TV show, you know, maybe you got an hour or something. And then if you do a feature film, now you got 90 minutes and now doing a six part one hour, that's a long time to sit with the same characters and the same sort of motifs and stuff. And so uh, it was very informative to go. It's nice to have a lot of material that you can draw back from. And so to be with this themes and be able to extrapolate and expand was really good. But also it's going to be nice to have it done because it will be nice to be laying in bed and not singing those things to myself again. Um, so that's been a gas. Uh, the you know We talked about it when you were here, the, the writer strikes and the, the actor strikes in LA have been uh, difficult and there's there's companies making adjustments everywhere and you know i know a lot of uh my my fellow trailer composer slash trailer production music library owner type people um are feeling a slowdown but you know we we hear from our actor friends that maybe deliverance is at hand so we will keep our fingers crossed um so that'll be good if we can get that rocking and rolling again and then we were well PMC. I mean, you were here. The reason, the reason, the other reason that you came to town was there was a little, a little throwdown called the Production Music Conference, which was an absolute hoot. And uh, hold on. Oh, there. You, oh, oh, whoa! Now we know it's going to be on video. So Brand X now got some hardware <laughs> this year uh, at the Mark Awards. Uh, this is for like Christer Wibbert, and so Christer is a composer for Brand X Man, and this is an older track. And it's just a good reminder that you don't have to have a brand new track, uh, that a good track is a good track. And so that track won for how good the placement was in a video game trailer. And, you know, if it's a banger, it's a banger. And that was a banger. So it was pretty cool to go and, and see that thing. So, uh, you know, just really fun to be part of sync and, uh, be around those people and and it's a that thing is i don't know what was your experience at the pmc i mean it brings people from all corners of the world all walks of life and they're not necessarily there to sell you anything like when you go to your typical trade show there's there's the buyer and the seller kind of thing and the pmc is definitely i suppose there's some of that but most of it it's just a big hang with a bunch of music nerds it's kind of cool yeah a hundred percent, man, and that brings me that brings me to the to the next uh, kind of kind of thing. And you know, P PMC was was just like a, a huge corner store for, stone for me. It was just uh, you know, I, I talked uh, last week. I had Eric Bol uh, Bolivar on, and he he spoke to his experience because he's been to six of these. Uh, I think yeah, he's he's been to six of these, and he's been. Uh, um, just and we were talking about the the why you have to be in contact with the people you're in contact with, um, and it's so um, it's so interesting and so counterintuitive in this like OnlyFans age and you know where like where where you don't see the people who you're working with or for. Um, I'm saying only OnlyFans because this is the the best. I feel, I feel like this is the best uh, uh, distinction of it or Twitch or whatever you want like. Uh, um, for that matter and it's uh i feel like connecting and man just like feeling your energy i'm gonna get back to that because this was like 
my my experience coming to you was like a second to none. I uh, I mean, I could say that only this experience of going to your house and getting together with you and 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 seeing your passion to your craft was just something that was worth the the four grand I paid to come to LA and do the, this whole trip because oh, man, uh, man it, it was just to to. I don't know, like, it's you're one of these people that I am, I feel so grateful to have on call because you are, you're just so deep into what you are doing. And also, like, you have the, the pleasure of having the most amazing supportive wife that you have. Um, and you guys, you, you guys have found something, like, you guys have, have found a formula. And I, I think that, like I was thinking of asking you a bunch of a bunch of technical things, but I feel like, you know, like we're at we're at we're at um, we're at episode fifty, and I feel like what's what's your formula, man? Like how did this? How did man? Like I, when I when I looked at your life, I'm not even kidding, man. I I, I came out of your home and I was a, a bit sad of the situation back home and and things like that, but all over the place i was just like the 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 notion was oh my god i want to be like this dude i swear to god i'm not even kidding like you're a friend to me yeah but but when i saw your you and your life and, and your hobbies and just like your humble way of living life fully in your purpose it just gave me such a huge uh, um boost to do what i do Hmm. So how how did that come together? Wow, for you. Well, first of all, that's I mean, it's huge that you would see that when you would come and hang out, right? That's that's really important because I think whether it's talking to you or whether it's writing or having an opinion on social media, you know, when somebody can come and hang out and they take away what you hope they would take away and not like some different version of yourself. That's not who you think you are. That's very reassuring. It's very comforting. And I think a lot of it is, you know, the, I hope the older I get, the more comfortable I am in my skin. I mean, it really comes down to that. And well, first of all, blessed beyond any kind of rid ridiculous reason. Right. I mean, the story doesn't have to be the way that it is. And I think never losing track of the fact that, you know, tomorrow doesn't have to be the same as it was today. And so just trying to always live in gratitude for where I'm at and what I'm doing and what I was given. I mean, there's a lot that goes into who I am and what I do that came to me as a gift, right? You know, whether it's a supportive wife, whether it's a uh, you know, parents that were willing to spend money that we didn't really have to make sure the kid had piano lessons. You know, the you had a good instrument to play because that was important to keep you passionate about what you're doing. And, you know, just so many people throughout have given time of day and energy and effort to me uh, to nurture this thing that I was given, right? And yeah, I did the work. I sat in the chair and a lot of the time it wasn't my choice. You know, uh, no, you can't go play because the timer on the oven hasn't gone off yet. So you have to stay on the piano bench and practice Bach a little more. And there were aspects of that, that of course, as a angsty teenager in a 
mid twenties person, you know, maybe don't look back on that so fondly, but in the long view, all of that dues paying and work that was either my idea or somebody else's, but holding me accountable to doing something with this gift, uh, that's kind of been it. And then in my path, I've had a lot of really amazing people that saw something in me that sometimes, you know, you don't even see in yourself and said, Hey, let's give this a shot. And then it really is up to you because then at that point you have to, you know, not just turn up, but show up, I guess is, is the thing. And I always tried to show up because it was always fun. I, I, I playing the piano to whatever end, and I still consider what I do at some level playing the piano, uh, has always been fun for me, always. And I've always gotten, for the most part, <laughs> positive feedback for doing that. And so the things that happen because I have fun playing the piano, I mean, at its simplest, that's the ingredient, you know? Music has always been play for me. And even when it's work, it's play, and even at the hardest time, you know, it never failed to be of profound impact to me that as tired as you are and as many days as it's been since you've seen your wife, uh, you are working on pirates with Mr. Zim. So, you know, it, it, it just always baffles me what I was doing and who I was doing it with. And that all fed right back into, wow, this is really fun. And, uh, a lot of this, all I did was show up and work really hard and do my best and try to keep having fun and not embarrass myself or anybody else too much. And then, you know, you have these pieces of wisdom. I met my wife, we were working and, you know, I'd had some other relationships before and my mom had met a few of these people and she met Diane and she just said some things to me like, you know, don't, not, don't screw this one up, but this is a good one. And, you know, I haven't really said much before, but you might want to pay attention to this one. And it was just, you know, the universe or whoever sending me little signposts. And I think, you know, there, we can make those up because a lot of the time we're looking for justification in what we're doing. And so we can, we can choose to sort of see what we want. So trying to figure out is, is this the universe giving me a hint or is this just me wishing something were a certain way and then trying to find justification. So I think, however, we know the real ones when they come and my mom saying to me, this is a good, this is a good woman. You might want to, you know, see about hanging on to this one. That's one of those that that's hard to ignore. Those don't come very often, you know? And so the other ones are the simple things that, you know, I think I said on the last one, which is the show up early, go home late, work harder than anybody else. Don't be a dick and, you know, help the drummer carry his shit to his car after the gig, no matter how important you think you are. It's just that stuff. It's that common sense musician stuff, because I remember doing gigs with the band and I knew which guy I wanted to go have dinner or late night snacks with after the gig. And I know which guy I didn't want to hang out with because he was a dick. <laughs> right and i was tried to not you know not be the guy i always wanted to pull the invite because i'm a social guy and i like going to breakfast in the morning after a good gig right and so to me that was always super important and i don't know i had 
couple of parents that were public school teachers and they just tried to teach everybody's kid to be a good kid and, you know, be responsible and do the right thing. And, you know, I had great modeling in a lot of that when I was, when I was little and I had consistent accountability to that throughout my life. So I think the only other thing is that I was from a pretty early age in professional situations, right? And so I didn't have the, well, I did, I guess I had the choice, but I was like taking money for music. And so it had to be taken very seriously because this was now work. This was literally a financial transaction. And I started to do that when I was pretty young. And I always took taking someone else's money who may or may not have a lot of it to do something for them kind of a sacred thing right you you whether it's you're going to pay me 150 bucks to go play keyboards at your gig you know you didn't need to hire me you didn't need to call me for that i don't even know that you needed a keyboard player you're a good guitar player you probably don't need me you need a bass player and a drummer right but so i deserve to you to go and do a good job for you but then anybody that's listening right i I owe it to their ear holes to not suck. <laughs> and, you know, I just was, that's nothing that's, again, that was kind of a gift, that thinking. It's not anything that I sort of nurtured or cultured. It was just something that I felt. So I do have a question. I'm seeing a tiny little audio file. Right now we're going technical on our little thing here. And when you talk, I'm seeing a huge one. Are, are you getting me for sure? Yeah, getting you and it, it'll, um, the software is actually, it creates, it does its own compression. So Sweet. you will get, uh, it'll, it'll, give, it'll be balanced. It'll yeah. be, the, it'll give me the big bump. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, um, you know, that's, it's so touching that, you know, Hey, I want to be that dude, you know, gosh, that's so silly because I have so many things that no one knows about, right. That are things you definitely don't want to be, but I'm, I'm also pretty content in who I am and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm just happy, you know, I'm, I'm generally a happy guy. I've got a, I've got a great life and I've got absolutely nothing to gripe about compared to what most people are dealing with in their daily basis. And I just, that's never far from my mind. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, like it takes a certain amount of, um, what from what you're saying what i hear is just like you took your comfort like your comfort levels to a point where uh, um what you do becomes your fun and and that has a lot to do with like your parents telling you okay this is now now you're you're in business now you're doing like and now you're doing what you do now you're doing your gift so like so commit to it um and I feel like that's a that's a really important tool that not these days, this day and age, not a lot of kids get. Um, and I, I can speak for myself. Like I was, I, I can say I have I have good ethic and good work ethic, but it's uh, um, I was nowhere. I, I didn't grow like my parents grew. You know where like if you don't don't hit the right note, boom, you get a smack in the head or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I, corporal I punishment thing. <laughs> I wouldn't have that. Because, and I think my parents kind of resented it because they grew uh, grew up into it. But um, you can see what it brings out sometimes. It's just like being able to, to 
get that that discipline up to a point where you can learn a skill and you can persevere through it because you've seen that you've had somebody who mentored and helped you see through it. Um, and I think there's a huge, there's, there's huge, uh, um, impact to that. And, and my question to you is how do you find something like that today in today's politically correct, uh, world? And then, you know, like today's culture, I think, um, It, it stems from the curiosity thing, I guess. I, I'm a nerd, right? And I love technology and I like stuff. Like we had a friend who built ham radios, like, and, and I remember going to his house and he was the, you know, the husband to somebody or other. And he has this room of electronics and he built his own kit and he had this weird thing on the roof. And if at night he could talk to China. Now this is in you know, 1970, whatever the hell it was, you don't talk to China. I mean, talking to China is no big deal. Now you just, <laughs> you just call them on the internet. But back yeah. then you're, you're doing these skip. And I just was, I would sit and I didn't know what any of it meant. Right. It didn't mean anything to me other than this dude built this stuff. He could use it. And by doing it and using it, he could talk to China. So I'm like, that's fascinating. And then we had this other family friend who played organ at the church but he played like nine instruments and they had a player piano in their house and he had a ukulele and just being fascinated with like a, a this one man band guy and then all of a sudden i got to go to a recording studio and now we take the concept of the performing musician and the computer nerd and we put it in a place of like ultimate technology because think about the, the recording studio is pretty much always at the forefront of what's going on technologically in the world at a certain level, right? And so whether we were talking about microphones and reverbs and that kind of stuff, or whether it was, wow, they had a computer in there. Because at the same time, you know, I'm in sixth grade and we have the first computer at the school and it's an Apple IIe and we can use it to play this game called Space something or other. And, you know, the, you try to, it's just a text game and you type in, you know, blow up the Clarnons using the photon torpedoes at vector seven, five, three, but whatever it was, we would spend hours on this stuff. And then, you know, trying to get it to, to go Bobby doobie. How would we tell the computer to play those notes? Okay. <laughs> and we're doing, you know, Apple basic programming to try to get the, the green square to go Bobby doobie. And we were writing these little programs, right? This is just my happy spot. Right. And again, I was in a place and in a time when the things I was good at met the things that were happening sort of in the technological musical universe also came along with this sort of shift in power between the, the learned, right? The educated, the, the graduates of prestigious colleges and some of these emerging composers that were just getting the gig because they made cool stuff, right? And the handoff between the Jerry Goldsmith over to the Danny Elfman, as tumultuous as it might have been during the transition, for me was great because we could use technology, we could perform the music, we didn't have to have master's degrees from university, we didn't even have to have good penmanship because nobody used paper. And that became a tool for me to express myself, it made me valuable to other people trying to do the same thing that might not like the technology as much as I do. I mean, my business partner, John, 
he was a great producer, is a great producer, great composer, but computers didn't like him much, you know? And so I could be his kind of nerdy guy. And then we were kind of the nerdy guys for other people that weren't even as nerdy as we were. And so there was opportunity there. And that that's just that timing thing, you know, uh, again, there's a signpost and he's like, oh, huh, this is something, uh, you know, work it. And the other thing, I don't know, like when you follow the path out of, say, a gig, right, into another kind of gig, like I'm playing live in a club and now I don't have time to play live in the club because I'm collaborating with songwriters or I'm, you know, spending a lot of time in the studio making ambient guitar music, I, whatever it is, when you make those transitions where you give up doing one thing to do uh, something else for a while we try to do it all right and that's the other thing that's been interesting for me along the way is that at what point do you let the thing go so that you have time to do the next thing and you're not cheating either one at which you know like where do we make that decision so that we're not jumping out of the balloon just before we have the parachute on all the way and yet we're not staying in the balloon because we're afraid that the parachute won't catch us right so you know, just kind of always remembering what you're about and who you are and, and what you're good at and what you're not so good at. And don't, we were talking about this before, don't be too restless and too unhappy with where you are. That's, that's hard for me. You know, we kind of always challenge each other to grow. Like if you're doing the same thing you were doing before, that's a lack of growth and that's a negative. But if you're doing the same thing you were doing before, you think you've gotten a little better at it. Everybody seems happy. And this is a steady thing that you don't lose your mind doing. I, I don't see that as a negative, right? That to me is not stagnation. That's, that's being happy. Oh, there's a dog. That's being happy with who you are and what you're doing. And I think we can, I certainly can convince myself that I am unhappy because I'm not making some sort of quote progress. And that just means either I'm bored or I need a vacation or uh, I want to take a gig on that's going to challenge me a little bit because I'm needing some career adrenaline. Is there such a thing as career adrenaline? Like, Definitely. you know, we're career, Definitely. we're adrenaline junkies, whether we're going scuba diving or jumping out of airplanes. But also I want to have a thrill in the gig, right? Take some chances on the gig, whether that's play a tune, you know, Hey, let's play this song. Oh man, I don't really know that song. That's okay. You'll catch it. And if you don't catch it, you'll get better next time. So you, you go ahead and play the tune you don't really know and go ahead and take the solo that you're not so comfortable with. Yes. Yes. That's very right. The, the Corgi says indeed. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that's always been my thing too, is that I'm too easily bored for my own good. And so that's in order to keep having fun, I have to keep taking chances. And I'm, I'm a bit of a, an adrenaline junkie, except my, it's not danger. I'm not after danger really. Cause you can't really die from music. I suppose you could die from lack of music. I don't know. <laughs> or from an overdose after a gig. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I went and saw this guy that plays so much better than me that I'm dead because I'll never play like that guy. Okay. Yes. We've all, we've all died that musical death before. Haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you're touching on, I feel like 
this is this is a gold mine. So I, I, I hope people uh, rewind and listen to that because there's um, something so important that you said that I'm curious about. And that's how do you navigate within your career? So let's say um, you feel burnout, burnt out from um, uh, um, from writing for indie films like you uh, alluded to um, earlier. And how do you know to kind of to keep yourself in check for these things and to keep uh, um, the batteries full for these things? I think that's such a good question. And again, it's a good, a good answer for a partnership, whether it's your, in this case, my wife, but also my business partner, uh, John, Uh, we keep each other in check with that. You know, there are, there are times when we need to slow down and there are times when we need a little push. And so, you know, sort of balancing that uh, <clears throat> in order to find the equilibrium between it, I think is the, is the answer, but I just trust. I think it's something I'm working on really hard. Okay. Let's start there. Like, answering that knowing when this is burnout when this is fear when this is frustration when this is actually wow it's really time to do something radical right and uh first of all everybody should go watch the steve jobs stanford speech just put that in your in in your rolodex and watch it because you know that's the whole stay hungry stay foolish speech um which is really important and there's a whole thing about looking in the mirror and asking how many days you're going to do the same thing versus how many days you're going to, you know, tolerate being stuck. And foolish is kind of, I'm, I'm not a fan of foolish because foolish gets you run over by a car sooner or later, I think. <laughs> and I'm really not after that. It's back to my thrill. I'm too much of a self-preservationist to be too much of a thrill seeker. Um, and I guess that's my mom, right? My mom was always the practical, don't drive in the snow because, you know, you can't have a car crash if you don't drive in the snow. Hey, because c- driving in the snow fucking sucks. It sucks Let's and just- it's <laughs> dangerous as shit and you all, bad things happen when you drive in the snow. My mom is very right. So that's just I not, mean- yeah, you know. Uh, and so I'm not going to push it because of that. But by the same token, you know, knowing that, wow there's a definitive lack of inspiration here. You felt this way for a minute and you've bought a new piece of gear or you've bought a new plug-in or you've taken a walk or you've done all the normal things that would usually clear the, clear the air and get the juices going. And you still are coming at it with a shit attitude. Okay. Time for break. I mean, that one's pretty clear for me and I notice it in how I communicate with others. I think that's the, that's the first one to begin to show. And it's because I think it's the place where I'm trying hardest to do the most work, which is the kind and gentle guy. (laughs) And when I feel my ability to speak to others and treat others in a kind and respectful way, I know that that's because I'm tired or I'm frustrated. And so that's another key indicator for me that whether it's a short-term break or a longer-term break from something, my attitude towards that thing is directly related to my level of burnout. And this is huge, you know, and when you are able to say, I got some focus, I took some time and my feelings are not any different on this. That's when, okay, so now let's take a long-term look at what we're doing and what we thought our path was going to be. 
and see if the adjustment we're going to make in the short term needs to mean a different long-term goal. Does that make sense? Like, okay, I'm true, well and truly burned out and a two-week trip is not going to fix it. So how's that going to affect where I thought I would be in six months? Do I need to so, change like, that, right? <clears throat> so, so, so does it happen to you like on a daily basis where you kind of reflect on that or like how is it, is it in your routine? Is it some, is it just like something that you subconsciously do? Like where, where does it meet you um, in a routine sense? Because uh, man, like you're, you're running, you're running a, a really success. Uh, like to, again, I'm talking from it's subjective, but to me a really successful uh, uh, model uh that 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 works you've shown me how many how many placements your whoosh gets yeah i mean <laughs> that's crazy yeah but it's I'm a crazy saying, thing yeah I'm, I'm just saying but it's just like it, we, we're and and it's a lot for listeners like the, the, it's just crazy where where uh, um i mean uh, abundance is not always um the the place to put your finger on right like but it it is a an outcome of something and that's what i i want to kind of kind of get into is what what do you feel like sets you apart from other people who who started uh, um a label who are starting labels who are just like doing their thing and kind of uh, um uh, are to you subjective uh, subjectively um aren't as good as you <laughs> well that's a, that's an, a subjective question i suppose uh, that has a uh, unobjective answer look first of all it's 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 a mindfulness thing really i mean it's a uh take a minute to stop about what think about what i'm gonna say before i do it right and i've always been a guy that got in trouble for running his mouth before he had formed a good coherent thought right and i've come to really respect people that speak less and think more and that's always been a challenge for me because my mind works fast and my mouth is sometimes not far behind and sometimes way out in front and so that's that's where it fits into my daily is just really trying to not be careful even, right? And Because it's interesting. Here's the example. We go travel with the family and we got a whole clan of people on this big trip. And dad gets frustrated. And what dad wants to do is yell at everybody, get your ass in the damn bus. Because if you don't get your ass in the damn bus, we're going to miss the damn flight. And then everything's going to be fucked up. And so I need everybody to just do what I want right now. And I don't want to answer a bunch of questions. Okay, that's not a good strategy for a happy family vacation. <laughs> the alternative of that is dad is totally checked out because no one wants to submit to his master plan. So therefore, he's going to sort of sit on the sidelines and go, look, no one cares what I think. So whatever you guys want to do, man, I'm rolling. We're fine. Just do it. Oh, now we have disengaged, disgruntled, pouty dad. No one wants that either. And so to be mindful to not be so careful that I'm disengaged or thoughtless because I'm just over it, but also uh, being accountable and true to how my message is being given, not so much about how it's being received, right? Because how it's received is really up to them. How I'm giving the message is really up to me. 
and trying to remember that one. So that's, that's my daily, um, people who aren't as good at the game as I may have become because of luck and experience and (laughs) some, uh, you know, mistakes, frankly, uh, I think that's one of them is that, you know, I haven't been around for just a minute. And so the ability to stay alive and the ability to adapt and to see icebergs before they sink you or take advantage of opportunities that might not be there in another chapter, uh, timing luck. And we don't usually make a big decision like that without a lot of thought. And so we have made not too, we've made a lot of little mistakes like every other human. We've been largely able to avoid making colossal mistakes. And I think that's just, again, good partnerships, good counsel, being careful. Um, and so that I really give a lot of credit to because I think a lot of people are sunk by their worst mistake a lot of the time, whether it's something they said, something they did, something they did not do. And so our most colossal mistake hasn't been terminal. So I think that's a big one. I think another one is uh, finding the balance between representing a good value, representing an appropriate wage, and not burning too many bridges. It's that, it's that, how do you get what you're worth? How do you stand your ground? How do you, quote, fight back at some level? Otherwise, you're just, you know, you're a, you're a, a do whatever they say and take the money person and the integrity part is rough. And so how do you operate with integrity? Be a great collaborator. Like I don't care today, you know, I have people on my team that don't have a lot of experience or a time in, you know, they're not composers, but they like music and they have ears. And so when they have something to say, I don't, I don't have to do what they say, but it always behooves me to at least humor their viewpoint. And I think musically or humanistically, take a minute and humor the other viewpoint because there might be some wisdom in, in looking through those eyes for a second, you know? And so that, that one can be as deep as you want it to be. Um, but really it served me really well because I don't often get caught off guard right? People don't surprise me too often because generally they've been part of the conversation. And so if they had something to say, I've given them the opportunity to say it. Now, some people don't want to say, and so then they spring it on you because they've been suppressing it. So that's, again, we're being comfortable with people and really having people feel like, I trust to say my truth and I'm not going to get dismantled for it. (laughs) You know, and sometimes we all say stupid stuff when we're given that much rope, right? I'm certainly not, I'm, but just having a place where you have checks and balances, you have smart people to help you see the signposts, you don't make too many colossal mistakes and, you know, you, you don't lose touch with who you are and what you do. And I think that's kind of the thing we were talking about with the sound design business with, sorry, um, instead of the pipe, yeah, the pipe. Yeah, it's no, I got the, the I got the water bottle tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's a water bottle. It's the water oh, guys, bottle. Guys, I'm sorry, we're sorry to disappoint. Sorry, whoever's listening uh, via audio, it's 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 okay. It's just uh, 
we don't have that pipe here. We don't have the same swagger. But you know, we're 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 chilling. That's that's all that matters. Oh my god. He just brought in. I mean, we would have to have it. I'm not even kidding. If you're not watching this on video, here's you, a visual joke. Water pipe. Oh no, wait, that's a different show. Oh my god, oh, okay. I'm shooting this. Oh my god. Wait, oh my god. Show me, show me. Oh, there we go. I just screenshot that. I love it. Um uh. No man. And you know, the other piece of it is is I love hanging out. It's you already said it. You started the show, man. Come in here. And meeting people or, or going to meetings or being on scoring stages, right? Like anytime we were going to record, I love to go early because the guy that's running the computers, I want to meet that guy and the guy that's proofreading the score and the guy that's running the tape and the guy that works at the studio that hung the microphones up. And I'm just nerdy. I, I want to look around. Like anytime I would get a chance to go on a movie lot, right? That That's the other piece of the nerd for me is like Hollywood had this big mystery to me like that's the land of dreams i really was of of a time and a place in america where that was a thing like man if you go to hollywood and you work in the movies that's where the magic is and if you can go down there and do that thing and so i'm literally like pulling on to the sony lot or i'm pulling into the fox lot or i'm on universal and it, it didn't matter what I was there to do. It was just the fact that I got to walk around. I got friends that work in the business. They couldn't care if they ever set foot on another movie lot as long as they live, right? It's just, it's 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 like a public restroom to them. It's like there's a million of them, whatever. They all the same. <laughs> and to me, it's like, wow, I get to drive on pass and look, that's where the thing is. And look over there, it's the car that so-and-so drove. Man, it just makes me just grin. And so the motivation to continue to work and meet people and talk about this business and share music and movies and sync and all of that stuff. It, that never gets old for me either. And so that's juice for my soul too. And so I think putting all of that stuff together, you know, you get the passion for the thing, the nerdism in it. You got, I, I like other people. I've had really supportive wise people that have helped me keep my checks and balances all the way through. You know, it's, it's, it's cumulative. I'm not, better or worse than anybody else it's just the sum total when you put it all together has had an extremely positive outcome that's all mm. wow man so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna make a, a quick shift because we're like in the beginning we were talking about um um we were talking about uh, um you were talking about more of the kind of brand x thing and i mean like more the maybe the professional thingy and I just wanna wanna circle back to that because you were saying you were saying something about uh, banger tracks. Yeah, and I want to know um, what is uh, a, a banger track to you? Like what 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 creates something uh, um, that you feel like would be super successful? It's. Um I mean, obviously, if we knew, we could put it in a bottle, and we'd all never have to work again. Yeah. So, but. I think sometimes it, it, it depends on the, uh, the, the, the genre, I guess is the word I'm searching for, right? Mm -hmm. Each genre to me has its own sweet spot that makes bangers bangers, right? Now, if we're talking about this particular video game thing, 
it's the rhythm, it's the sound of the thing, it's the way that it's cut, it's the way that you can envision someone using it, right? The first time you hear it, you can totally see how it's going to lock up the picture in your head. You don't need to see one frame of video and it's just like, I know what this is for. I know what they were studying when they wrote this. And this is an absolute slam dunk. Like sponsor wrote this piece. It's called Aurin, Aurin, A-A-R-U-Y-N-A-U-R-Y-N. I can't remember how to spell it. But the working title of it was Hunger Games. That's what he called it when he wrote it, Hunger Games. And it was Hunger Games version 17B, you know, whatever. And it went to finish as Aurin and it immediately was licensed by Hunger Games. You know, and it's gone on to be this successful track. It it was licensed again for Rise of Skywalker and Ray and Disney did a buyout. And we had to put John Williams melodies over the top. You know, it was super cool. And that was one of those tracks that like, I know what it's for. I know where it's going to go. I can see it working and then it connects. Right. And so you develop that sense of that. And, you know, sometimes it's melody, Right. You'll hear a track and it's not the production and it's not the way the orchestra sounds or whatever. It's like, wow, that's beautiful. And other times it's like, it's the farthest thing from beautiful. You know, it's a, it's a nasty grind track with wet, gushy synths and things that sound like they want to hurt you. And you can still go, damn, that's good, man. Wow. Super cool. And so, uh, the definition to me of that is, do I immediately understand it? Do I immediately envision what the person could likely have been thinking about when they created it? And three, can I immediately picture where it's going to go and how it's going to look when it does, right? It's, it's, for me, it's a visual. It immediately, if, if it evokes a visual and I can see it locking and when I watch that little movie that's imagined in my head with that piece of music underneath it, I'm excited. Then it's a banger and it doesn't happen often. And I, I'm as wrong as often as I'm right, you know, but the spidey sense is just something that you learn to listen to because when you fight it, you know, that's kind of that be comfortable with who you are and, and know what you're about because you have to trust that, right? And the alternative of that is, though, when it doesn't line up with someone you're collaborating with, like, man, I think this is a slam dunk, no brain sync gem. And then you play it for whoever you think they're going to think the same way. And they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's cool and all. And you're like, ah, ah how can you not hear? Ah, ah, I don't understand what. I mean, listen to the kick drum. And so there's always that, you know, your guts always balanced against uh, the ah. Uh, Ah, wait, hold on. Can you feel it coming? He's bringing the pipe. We've learned recently that internal success doesn't yield an external result. And that you can set out to do something and you can execute it perfectly, like exactly what you intended to do. And then for whatever reason, inexplicably, it fails to connect. And the internal joy of executing the thing exactly the way you wanted is that it's such a disconnect with what people thought about it once you showed that you have to be able to survive that because that's going to happen a lot, right? And so 
in one sense, well, shit, I must not know anything because I'm always disappointed about what I think it is versus how everybody else seems to think. So you have to protect it that way. But the other way, I don't care what anybody thinks. I know this is a banger and I'm going to find the right people to put this in front of that will also think it's a banger. So I got to keep going. Oh, you know, and again, we're back to that's why you have to trust the people around you to tell you what's up. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's hugeness what you're speaking about, and uh, you you gave me goosebumps when you said the Spidey sense, and and you talked about the Hunger Games because um, I've been making music for Spider Verse like for basically a year straight. Um, people have been sending me after they've listened to my music, they've been sending me scenes from Spider Verse, and they want they they go like this is what we want, and without me saying anything, right? Like without me saying anything. Yeah. Um, and with, without them knowing also that that's like that's what I'm going for. Like I'm like I'm so happy that Spider Verse le- left such a cliffhanger in the last one uh, in Across the Spider Verse because I'm like, damn, like Spider Verse three is mine. Like that, <laughs> that was on it. that was literally that was literally what I was thinking. But like the 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 cool thing that I'm 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 also hearing from you and the reason that I'm saying this is not to say I'm this amazing. Uh, um, uh, composer but just to say that like when making things for uh, a specific um a specific cause and labels start sending me briefs with the scenes i want my music to be in yep and stuff like that that's first of all reassuring second of all like that the things that i've seen from it were so were so interesting because like suddenly I, I haven't gotten gotten that spider spider verse yet but you will like it's i suddenly I, I, I suddenly see it on um on uh like on the world boxing uh, like a really big uh, a boxing uh, uh boxing match promo yep like i suddenly see it in really dope places that people want to get their music on and i'm like oh shit okay like i'm 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 not there yet but the universe is giving me like little signs like is it's 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 not gonna happen like you expected, but it's happening. But it's but happening. There and, yeah, and, and dude, yeah, and then yeah. so the ability to take that and then channel it back into what you were doing with a new yeah. focus and a new energy, that's that's yep. that's really as much of a secret sauce as anything else. And you're beginning to feed that, right? It 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 feeds itself. It 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 it's like accelerating in space right now we're going to go we're going to go for the physics class if you you can be in an, an eternal state of acceleration but you also can accelerate to a certain point and if there's no gravity working against you you will stay <clears throat> at that rate for an infinite amount of time right so in space you don't need to continue to accelerate however you can as long as you have an infinite amount of energy to do so but also, if there's no gravity working against you, no atmosphere that you're pushing against, any acceleration you achieve, you will maintain unless you pass by Jupiter and the gravity sucks you in and you die a fiery death, right? So the momentum you are beginning to achieve in your career will maintain itself. And then you will continue to try to add further acceleration to your momentum until you actually can afford to fuck off and go scuba diving for a week and you won't be so worried that you're going to lose momentum that when you get back, you're going to have to work twice as hard to get it spinning again, right? You'll be able to maintain momentum 
with reduced amount of effort while you strategize where to begin to try to get momentum, you know, that, that thing. And yes, we make it for the Spider-Verse. And when that Spider-Verse lands for you, it's going to feel a different level of special day. But the fact that you've realized I don't need that to validate what I'm doing because I already see the evidence and I'm not going to be so focused on Spider-Verse that I'm going to fail to ignore, right? Or I'm going to fail to acknowledge that 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 there is progress being made and I can see it, right? I think it also, like, the, the cool thing is that once your art is kind of focused and it sounds like people really dig your sound and what you're doing and, you're, and, and for me, I, I think I told you, like, it, it, start, it started... Um, people, things started clicking for me when people started hearing my voice. And then it started uh, creating, opening all these opportunities. And suddenly I found myself, just because I got into the conversation with that Spider-Verse sound, I found myself doing an ambient guitar uh, album, you know? Like I found myself doing like all these different things. And it's it, it, like you were saying, it creates a different kind of momentum. And it's like a tree that kind of like branches away. And yeah, and, and there's the main the main thing, the main part of the tree that's the Spider-Verse. But, you know, like, what if I make five grand making a rock track, you know, that, which I did like a few months ago. And it was dope. And yeah, it was, dope. It's like, it, it's, it's just like uh, um, the, 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 the thing that I feel like uh, I was um, failing to kind of see that it goes back to your point that I wasn't able to branch out um, because I was like, I want my superpower to be what works for me. And then it's like, yeah, but you know, like what if you refresh yourself for a second and make a trailer track or make a, uh, um, an orchestral track, or just like stretch yourself a little bit outside of your, your, your comfort. Um, and, and, and in the end, it actually feeds back into the, the, the style that you actually make because like the, the, uh, um, the Spider-Verse style is very wide because it, it gets orchestral. It also gets like really bangery. It gets a, to a lot of places. And now let's say I did a, um, an, or, an orchestral promo for a, for a company. Um, and then I, I go back and I do put, a, put it into a banger. And now I learned, like I, I had this, uh, yeah, just like another example. I made a, 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 a um an orchestral track and I, I sent it to all these amazing composers um, and they just like gave me a bunch of uh, a bunch of guidelines. I was, I didn't even know that I was supposed to split my strings into single strings. Like I was, uh, which is a, a, a beginner's mistake on my end, but like they were like, do you not do this? This is crazy kind of thing. And, and, yeah. and then I was aware that it was a thing and then I improved my knowledge and my, uh, ability to make orchestral uh, stuff and I was like oh my violin here doesn't sound really uh, panned as, as I wanted or things like that and then yeah. I suddenly channel it to what I actually do and now uh, I feel like my orchestral ha orchestral skills have jumped like a bunch of stairs up and now I can I can actually um, make things that are closer to what I hear and um yeah, and, and that just comes back to, to everything you were saying, basically. It's like basically keeping yourself in check and yeah. and being able to mindfully say, okay, this is a rock track. Let's go, you know, like, let's go. And then, like, you record a rock track. <laughs> Next track you make for, for Spider-Verse, you, you make it with a guitar. Yeah, why, why not? did you do it? It's like, so, you know, like, it's... it's 
that's that's exactly what it brings up. And I think for you, like anybody else, when you do something and then you bring it back to any other thing, whether it's, you know, orchestral going into the rock track or, uh, you know, electronic experimentation going into the orchestral world, either direction. Anytime you take a deep dive into anything else, you know, you can always bring it back. And, and I think that's the other part of the, <clears throat> you, how can you ever truly be like out of ideas? Because the, the, all you have to do is like make a tiny little pivot and, I'm trying to find a good analogy, like Latin music, for instance, right? We were listening to some, some salsa music and, and I'm not an authority on this stuff at all. Right. And there are people who like spend their entire life in that little narrow area. And they understand that if you're from this region, you play the Montuno this way. And if you're from that region, you play it this way. And if you're playing that song, you would never play, but you would do it instead this other way. And it becomes so ultra stylized that there's no freedom in it because all you're doing is paying homage to wherever it came from. And yet at the same time, you know, the cultural appropriation, instant bastardization. Oh, I get Montuno. So I, I know one Montuno and it works for every Latin song you want to play. <clears throat> and if you're trying to pass yourself off as authentico, that's, that's not a good thing. But I think the freedom comes in, look, I know what the real Montuno would be for this. I also know that if we were in Puerto Rico, they would adapt it this way. So therefore, why don't we do this and do that? And now all of a sudden it sounds like, you know, the cool side in New York city. And I'm definitely at the right club. And I think the food is going to be really good because of the music that I'm hearing. Right. That's all, all these homogenizations and hybridizations all come from exactly what you said. Go do work in here and get feedback from the people that are really doing it. That way, when you bring that knowledge back to your core craft, it's, you're going to have those roots with you, you know? And, and that that's whether we're talking about Harry Gregson Williams writing choral music like i don't know if you've uh, his writing for choir is extraordinary well he was in boys choir i mean he grew up his father was i believe a choir master and he was a little kid singing in church choir so his roots in that particular discipline are deeper than anybody you can find because he spent his whole life there and so yet when he goes over and he takes synthesizers in his time with hans zimmer and all of that stuff and then he brings that back into Harry Gregson Williams land. That's where the transcendent stuff happens. And I'm just picked the name out of my hat, but I mean, Hans at some level, Powell, uh, more experimental composers, you know, Greenwood on, on no country for old men, just these people that are taking their wheelhouse and then taking that wheelhouse and putting it into a different discipline. It always yields a fascinating result, you know? So how can you ever be bored if all of that sort of, micro blending is possible it's the same thing with cooking right mole do you like mole i don't know what mole is so mole is a sauce that comes from i'm going to screw up now but some somewhere south of where i live so, so either, cultural appropriation coming yes Just, it's, uh, it's either Me mexican food central american food i don't know who claims ownership of mole but Every place you go that does it, does it differently. And the one thing they all agree on is it's got a gazillion recipe, a gazillion ingredients, and it takes forever to make. And it will contain chocolate at some level. But 
the number of moles and the, the subtle differences between them as you eat them, as you travel around is astonishing. And how can you ever claim to either be bored with it or that like, I totally understand it because you, you can't possibly, because everybody's grandma cooks chicken mole a slightly different way and you can't possibly taste them all. So how could you say, I have understood all of music and I have developed my thesis about all of music and therefore I am bored because there's nothing left to explore. <laughs> what, a, what an absurd thought. <laughs> so uh, so uh, um, a similar thing happened to me with hummus because like I'm a, I'm a hummus, I would say a, a bit of a hummus connoisseur and um and hummus is not a uh, uh it's not a sophisticated thing to make but everybody makes it differently everybody 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 um and there was uh somebody here in bali who made um he made hummus and it was delicious like i i liked it it wasn't really it wasn't very very it didn't have uh, uh like the amazing texture i'm used to but it's it was it was really tasty and he's he was like uh, he, he was like you make hummus with tahini, like, uh, and, and tahini is like the core ingredient. It's the core ingredient. Yeah, you got hummus. your chickpeas, your yeah. tahini, and, and your like, and your olive oil. I don't make it like in the most in the most like absolute confident way. He's like hummus with tahini. I don't make hummus with tahini. And then I I, I looked at him and I I felt very triggered. Um, <laughs> he, he hurt my he hurt my feelings a little bit there. <laughs> and then uh, um, because I, I mean I make. Uh, I used to make I, a lot of hummus. Dude, I bet but, you make but, a mean hummus. I we next I, I time. I make a pretty mean. I make a pretty mean hummus, and and next time I come to your place, I'm gonna make you a mean hummus. I'll I'll, I'll make the San Pellegrino with the lime, and you can make the hummus, man. Hell yeah, yeah, that's um, a deal. And and that's a deal. And and uh, like the thing after that, I noticed that I was triggered, and I wanted to kind of confront him. I was uh, I was thinking to myself. Who cares? It's fucking delicious. How's it <laughs> you know, taste, like, man? <laughs> yeah, the, and 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 it, like my my appropriation place was like, oh, he's he's um he's kicking your culture in the balls, kind of like they there there was actually something. Yeah, hummus with no tahini. That, Fuck you. What do you yeah, mean hummus with no yeah, tahini? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you idiot. You idiot. But then like then like I'm 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 like it works so who cares dude you know did you enjoy it yes do you really need to know what's in it no it's funny we were on a dive boat and then we're at an hour so I'm, I'm gonna have to rock because you can see my herd here look my herd thinks it's dinner time hey, yeah the they're already there we go um there we go it's and, and so this, this this husband and wife they were traveling together and they were scuba divers so they were in in bali and they were in um Papua New Guinea and they were over in Komodo and Palau and all of these places, right? And he wanted to eat everything. So that's a sea cucumber. Yeah, give it to me. I'm going to try it. And that's a this and that's a that and that's the other thing. And if she knew what it was, she wasn't going to eat it. But if you didn't tell her what it was, she would eat it. And if she liked it and still didn't know what it was, she would eat it again. But the minute you told her whatever it was and she knew what it was, then she no longer liked it. Mm. And so in this, I found an odd little parable, which is, you know, just try it first and don't be too worried about what it is. Because once you find out what it is, you might not like it anymore. So, so you know, sort of taste it blind because yeah. you may prevent yourself from trying something that's actually delicious because of what you think about what it is or where it came from. 
that's that's uh i, I think that's a it's it's a perfect uh place to kind of kind of leave the 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 people wanting more because man like <sighs> before i before i um i say i say kind of the the goodbye things what are you what are you currently grateful for man dude you i mean this these conversations uh I mean, that's, that's a huge one right now. Um, the ability to go hang out and go scuba diving in an ocean that's not dead yet. Um, it was, it was, uh, alarming to see some of the changes in the coral and stuff. And it just really reminded me to continue to try what I can do and, you know, remind people that their, their actions have consequences. So, you know, get yourself up. Get yourself a refillable water bottle and stop with the plastic stuff already, guys. Um, so I'm very grateful that what we have is still here to see, and I hope it stays that way. Um, you know, the wife, the dog's health. Um, you're going to help me with this because there's a there's a, a friend of mine and a very, very learned Jewish guy, and there's apparently a, a, a prayer for the, the bathroom, which says something along the lines of, Thank you, God, who makes my holes open and close at the right time. Wow. And this is such a great prayer because what I've realized is if your holes don't open and close at the right time, there's not really anything else that's going to be too important to you. So that's, I'm very grateful that my holes open and close at the right time currently. And I'm going to, I'm going to be very happy that that's how, that's how life is at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes you got to close your holes and listen, though. That's it, man. Close the holes be because <laughs> open holes are just as bad as closed holes. It just depends on the situation for sure. You're also, I mean, like you're closing one hole as you're opening the other, which is the listening one. Like your holes are always working. I love it. I love it. How about you? What are you thankful for right now? Uh, wow, man. I'm... <sighs> I'm just I'm just grateful for uh, the opportunity to to be another day, man. To be honest, like to see what's what's happening right now uh, in all the world, uh, with, and with all the pain that's going on, um, and being able to have mindful moments with people like you, and to just like extend compassion, uh, no matter no matter what it seems to me like, no matter if it looks like evil or it looks like amazing or it looks like whatever being able to sit there and and be compassionate because yeah uh, um this is i feel like this is all we got like when we when we're we're past this when we're finished with this whole story of 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 living of being a meat suit we <laughs> we're gonna have nothing but but compassion we're not we're gonna have no no other choice so i'm, I'm super grateful man uh for just um yeah for just having another day like waking up next to my 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 lovely uh queen and and taking out my lovely princess for a walk and there it is like the simple little things man i'm grateful for love and i'm grateful for you man i'm 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 just uh i'm i'm honored i'm honored to just like have people like you and and regardless of what dark things you have going on like you were mentioning before like we all have dark things but we all also have um the chance to manage these dark things and these are the things that we are remembered for in my opinion yeah um and uh what you have going on seeing it in real life has inspired me to want to amplify 
uh, amazing things as well. So um, I fucking love you, brother. And I love I, you too, I, man. I'm so I'm so happy you're you're in my life. Well, congratulations on fifty. I mean, you're 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 bringing the news to the people, and you're uh, you're you're spreading knowledge and love. And so I, I that's just so awesome to be part of. I, I will actually leave you with a different one that I uh, okay. is is. So when we were just down in Mexico diving, uh, on the average, the boat would have six to 10 people, right? Six of them divers, somebody driving the boat and the dive master was with us. And generally these people came from all parts of the world. We had a couple from Switzerland and we had people from Texas and Oklahoma and Canada and California and all of this stuff. And almost every day there would be people on the boat that definitely are of different religions and different mindsets and different political affiliations and and it it never came to be we were there to go diving and to enjoy this sport together and be in absolute awe of nature right and everybody was so committed to that that politics don't belong on a fucking dive boat so don't even start and it was so awesome to be with people that were all committed to being that way and like, you know, if we have a common thing that we embrace and whether that's just sucking air and being alive in our meat suit, you know, find the commonality and work from there because there's so much division if we let there be. And so that's, I'm so glad to be, you know, a brother in arms uh, of music and love and all of that stuff with you for sure. hundred percent. St. Gems 50. There Be it is. Out. Peace out. <laughs>